Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash Hurt, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, and terrifying. My name is Stormy. And I am Adrian. And it's cold as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Not to you normies, uh... but it's cold to me. I didn't think it would only take me this long to acclimate to being cold in 50 degree weather, but here we are. Who are the normies in this situation? People who live in like actual winterized towns. Oh, people who feel seasons. <laughs> yes. Or have seasons. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. See, for us, yeah, this is cold and it's like 60 degrees and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so it's freezing. Sitting here wrapped up in a blanket. <laughs> but yeah, it's winter time, obviously. That is again the category this month. Mm-hmm. And we are gonna go ahead, guys, and just dive right into our movie discussion. Um, we're gonna be, of course, having um a lot of episodes this month. So we're, a lot of them are gonna just be quick and get into the point. So originally released on October 6, 2017, the film has a runtime of one hour and 29 minutes. And saw an opening weekend gross of around $12,000. And then a worldwide gross of around $176,000. The film was directed by Chris Peckover. And let's get into our cast. We have Olivia De Jong as Ashley. Levi Miller as Luke. Ed Oxenbold as Garrett. Alex Mimic as Ricky. Zachary Montgomery as Jeremy, Patrick Warburton as Robert, and Virginia Madsen as Deandra Lerner. So yeah, better watch out. Did you say only $12,000 in profit? Uh, For opening weekend, yeah, in U.S. and Canada combined. Ouch. (laughs) Yep. It could have been like a limited release kind of thing. I remember this coming to streaming pretty fast. Uh, I know back in like 2016 when it was released, um, there wasn't, or excuse me, 2017, um, there wasn't a lot of, uh, well, as compared to now, there wasn't as many streaming services. Mm -hmm. So I remember this coming out on Shudder, I'm pretty sure. So I think it's always kind of been like a Shudder thing. Um, Not right now, it seems, but. It's like the... um... The modern day version of being sent straight to, um, straight to VHS, straight to DVD, <laughs> um, essentially. But that's probably like a limited release kind of thing. Gotcha. Because um, I remember coming out onto streaming pretty fast, um, and so yeah, I had only seen this movie once before, and I remember liking it pretty much. I don't remember um, thinking it was. Um, anything crazy, of course, but I remember really enjoying it. So it was nice to come back and watch it again. Um, was this your first time watching this movie? Yes. Work. So overall, I mean, what are your vibes? <laughs> um, Before we get into the overall discussion of everything, of course. I enjoyed it. I said several times throughout watching the movie, like, I'm having a good time. Just something about an unhinged teen will always get me. And it's, uh, I kind of like, honestly, the one thing I really love about the movie is just the overall, um, I guess, the way the the plot kind of unfolds, you know, because it definitely starts out with like a different plot. It's kind of starting out with kind of just like an, a general home invasion. And right. then obviously it kind of gets turned on its head. So when mm-hmm. I had watched this for the first time, it was... Uh, like a blind watch I had no idea what it was about I just saw that it was a Christmas movie and I was like okay cool so I was kind of taken aback by it uh, when I had watched it for the first time so what were you what were your thoughts when like that twist happened I was fully expecting um, like you said a home invasion a like I was fully sorry I was expecting probably like a Santa Claus oh my god like a Santa Claus killer Yes, that's what I thought oh we were God. going for. You, those were the vibes you were getting, or yeah, that, that you were expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Wow, I can't wait to see Santa fuck some shit up," and then it turns <laughs> out to be this demon of a child. Um, he, I mean, I'm just gonna be 100 percent honest. He looks like a psycho. He plays the like, 
Um, he reminds, I don't know how much Star Wars you've seen, um, but he reminds me of Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just the very like spoiled brat. I'm going to throw a fit if I don't get my way, but otherwise like I'm just kind of stoic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's very unhinged. Um, I mean, a very reminiscent, maybe even of like Patrick Bateman, a young Patrick Bateman, just like he's kind of, uh, he's like, disconnected from reality he definitely Mm -hmm. has that vibe to him for sure uh so he does a great job so we're looking at levi miller who does play luke um and yeah luke is obviously a primary person throughout this entire film and he he kind of comes off as um a little bit of an asshole anyways from the jump because like right near the beginning of the film he's having a conversation with garrett his friend and obviously they're just kind of talking about um, you know, kid things, obviously. But he comes off as kind of like an asshole in that conversation. Yeah. Um, kind of just obviously just uh, intending to try to hook up with his uh, babysitter, Ashley. And he just seems very entitled about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's You can definitely see the entitlement um, from the jump for sure. And you can also see the way that he um, just has a lack of... Give a, I don't want to say like a lack of give a fuck, <laughs> um, but he treats he treats his friend awful like from the very beginning, right? So he just we know that he's a little asshole. But I was fully expecting Santa to come get him straight <laughs> <laughs> because he's being naughty, right? That's the vibe <laughs> I was getting, and yeah, I think that's why I was having so much fun is because like. It wasn't what I expected at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly my experience with it, too. Um, so I think that obviously helped my experience with the film. And I'm very happy that that helped your experience also. Because I think that's the best thing about this movie is, like, if you go into it not expecting something um, in particular and this all kind of unfolding, it is enough wackiness and enough Home Alone craziness to keep you, like excited and on your toes a bit mm-hmm. um and ed oxenbold who plays garrett um i really enjoy him as a child <laughs> actor i don't I know like what it is everywhere. about him yeah i don't know what it is about him but he just like he plays that derpy little kid so well that he's just like he's so cute i just want to pinch his little cheeks and also <laughs> <laughs> he is the very opposite of Levi. Um, he went into it for like teenage reasons <laughs> and then realizes very quickly that like Luke is unhinged. And I feel so fucking bad for him because he's obviously peer pressured into the situation. Uh, he just wants to make his best friend happy, which he insists that Luke is his best friend, but Luke treats him awfully. Um, I think I just associate with him as like the derpy little kid. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's great also. Um, I know Ed Oxenbold because he plays Tyler in The Visit, which is um, the 2015 film, of course, the M. M. Night Shyamalan film. Right. Uh, Which I I kind of like it. I think it's kind of like a guilty pleasure, that movie. Um, And he's kind of, and he's great in that movie. I think he's really, really funny. Um, And yeah, again, it's like a guilty pleasure of mine, that movie is. Um, So I think he's great. I think he's great in this movie also. Um, Obviously, you know, in my head, as always, just trying to kind of put anything into a queer perspective, I'm like, maybe he just isn't in love with Luke. Maybe he has a crush on him. Because why would he be going along with like some of these things that he has planned? I mean, as a teenage boy, I guess you can probably, I mean, write that off as the excuse, obviously. but it just seems a little extreme. Also, I feel like, especially in like Luke's case, because again, you can just see it in his eyes and his demeanor. Uh, like you have to have a point in like in a, in a friendship where you're just like, is my friend a psychopath? <laughs> I think he has that um, realization about two seconds before spoiler alert, <laughs> he gets his brains blown out. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah. He's the epitome of a ride or die dude. He is <laughs> very influenced by this boy, whether it be by love, by um, t- 
teenage fear of not having friends by Ooh, that's deep the Very urge deep. of wanting to see this girl's tits I, i'm not sure what his motivation is but he's surely affected yeah and honestly all of those make 100 percent sense to me <laughs> honestly <laughs> I, I don't know what I what all I could have been influenced as a teenager like to do. I feel like it would probably would have been a lot if we're being honest. It would take the most to get me to do the least, you know? Mm, yes, for sure. <laughs> me especially. I've always been very introverted. So, you know, I was never like the one to like go out and seek excitement. Beyond, obviously, like, you know, casual things like the movies or going out to eat and, you know, maybe going to the nightclub. Um, you know, those are, I mean, those are outings for sure. But, like. This? Yeah. I I don't know. I get secondhand embarrassment really easily. Um, So I think, like, going along with a prank just, like, wouldn't have been my jam back in the day. Um, but you never know, because I mean, it depends I on the prank theater. <laughs> I don't think I would have done this. I don't think I would have staged a home invasion with actual firearms and pretended to get shot. Yeah, just to try to get my friend, and not even me, my friend, to hook up with his babysitter. Right. I don't even get to, like, what am I benefiting from? I guess I get to watch, maybe, possibly. Right. That's a good friend. That's a ride or die. It is a really good friend. I've done some, you know, things and I've done and been in crazy places and situations in order for my friends to have sex. I've been that friend. But again, this is just, um, this is too much. Again, like Stormy said, I'm not going to help stage a home invasion. Uh, so I definitely just wish, you know, Garrett fought back a little bit more, um, just because, again, Luke is just, he's such a prick. He's such an asshole. Uh, he's so entitled. And he just thinks everything revolves around him. Um, so it was just, he was uh, great at being very diabolical in this thing. Right. Even his name sounds assholey. Like Luke Lerner <laughs> sounds like a fucking asshole that probably would have bullied me in high school. And also, <laughs> I'm just now realizing, now that I'm reading the synopsis, um, this person, he's 12 years old. Oh my God. He's supposed to be 12. He's supposed to be 12 and Ashley's supposed to be 17. Okay. That makes sense to me. 12. I thought he was like, uh, 12, 13, maybe 14 if they were trying to push it. Yeah. yeah I that was, makes sense. I was off by a couple of years. I was thinking at least 15 letting like hormones really kick the fuck in. <laughs> um, but no, he, he hasn't even made it to fucking like teen angst and he's murdering people. I mean, at that point, you know, there's probably just not much that could be done here. <laughs> I feel like his mom does know just the way that she. She's going through it him. in this movie. Yeah, she she, she's having a hard time. Also, again, the husband is played by Patrick Warburton. So, of course, iconic Kronk. Um, I love Kronk. Yeah, Joe uh, Swanson, obviously. I mean, he's everywhere. He is again an icon, a legend. Um, he's hilarious in this thing. He's like full of joy. He's nice. You know, he brings a good energy, it seems like. And she's, of course, the complete opposite. She kind of like makes snide remarks at him, calls him gay at one point. Yeah. So he 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 has um two Christmas ties on deck. She <laughs> she tells him to take one off, and he's like, okay. And then whips out a darker colored version. <laughs> yeah, honestly iconic. Yeah, I'm pretty iconic. sure she drops the F word against him. Oh my gosh, I don't remember. I should have taken I know uh, for notes. sure she calls him gay, but I want to say she slurs him too. Yeah, so definitely, you know, trigger warning, of course. Um, just in case, you know, homophobia. Trigger warning for gun violence. Trigger warning for <laughs> sexual assault, honestly. Right, honestly. Um, so yeah, so again, I think again the essentially the um 
antagonists in this movie. I think they're great. I think their dynamic is great. Again, together, you know, it's a tortured friendship, so that works. Especially when you're 12, I definitely understand the angst. You know, you're going through a lot at 12. All of uh, R.L. Stein's characters are 12 years old, and those kids go <laughs> through it all the time. So I get it. <laughs> I don't. I don't. How old are you? I mean, what grade are you right in now? When you're 12? Oh my God. No. <laughs> Never ask a lady her age like that don't. out of the blue. I'm trying okay, to think what, was what grade question? you're in when you're 12. Um, You are probably around like seventh grade. Okay. Okay. I remember like two things max from being in like seventh grade. So yeah, you really do go through it in those years. Piled it away. Seventh and eighth grade were crazy times because I went from one school to another. I went... Um, Is that when you made the official jump? Yes. So seventh um, grade was in uh, my initial hometown back in New Mexico. And then from and then my eighth grade year was spent transitioning and in the new school. So there was a lot of drama both of those years. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember a whole lot from that time period. I, I, I don't know. Either I filed away... I all did away or I was fine. No one will really know except my therapist when we get there. <laughs> uh, but yes, also, so let's go ahead and focus in really quickly and talk about our main girl essentially here. Uh, I hope I said her name correctly earlier. Olivia De Jonge. De Jonge? De Jonge? I'm so sorry. Um, playing Ashley. So again, Ashley is a babysitter. I think she's... Um, uh, I think she's a perfectly fine babysitter. You know, I don't think she does anything too wrong. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes when we're watching these movies and we're seeing these babysitters, uh, you know, sometimes they're just very questionable. You know, <laughs> like they'll do something where you're like, why? Like, why would you? Why? Why are you doing that? I feel like she. the only thing that she really did wrong in my eyes, quote unquote, is like. She tries to play the authoritarian for too long. Like she's fully tied up. Um fully tied up and he's like threatening her with weapons and she's just like, You need to quit. Like, you need to untie me. It's time for bed. And I'm like, girl, we're quite obviously past that. <laughs> I I completely agree with all of that because yeah, once you are tied up and like once again, like once like there's a gun involved, I uh, this is a 12-year-old. I understand he's younger than you, but he at least understands what he's doing. So at this point, like I'm not going to try to act like my authority at this point is going to help me. Um I know it's probably her best way of trying to reason with him. Um, again, also, she's coming from a place of, you know, she's babysat this kid so many times, so she thinks that she knows the kid, you know, so she's definitely trying to kind of use that relationship that they've already built to hopefully get out of the situation, but yeah, once there's like a gun in my face, personally, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I'm not going to try to go that route, I would probably, I don't know, would I be more quiet? I feel like being more quiet in the situation would be best, um, just to try to lay low, you know? Yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, I understand trying to use, like, the reputation that you have with him. But I feel like you could have used it in a different way other than, like, trying to be like, hey, untie me and let's go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> let's get I you mean, to bed. she definitely like, could have, um, you know, very much like Jason Voorhees, the situation. It could have been, like, you know, the tone. She definitely could have used her tone in a different way here. Mm -hmm. Um. And approached it differently. Yeah. And he's definitely um, hinting very hard and does try to make out with her before she's tied up. So I would have used that to my advantage 1000%. I would have. <laughs> Untie me and I'll make out with you. Yeah. Like it's obviously not going to be a comfortable situation. And you don't have yeah. to like go along with anything that you say you're going to do because obviously, obviously he's a not. child. Right. But like. Play your cards right, girl. Like you're you're 17 and he's 12. Like I understand he has a gun, but not the entire time. <laughs> and again, yeah, once you're in die, just punch him straight in the face. 
Right. And also, like, I guess having Garrett there is kind of like a second threat. Like, if you take down Luke, maybe Garrett would have followed through. But um, it doesn't take very long to to realize that, like, Garrett's not about that life. Yeah. And it is, again, a very insane situation, you know, because, again, as we're watching this, we're like, these are two 12-year-olds. You know, I would, I mean, again, once you're tied up, though, it's kind of like a shit end of the stick situation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're untied, yeah, I can definitely take these two, especially if there's no, like, guns involved. You know, but obviously, again, she's a 17-year-old girl. Uh, right. So it does still she's feel very She's also a child. So yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So yeah, so the situation, especially kind of coming from her perspective, does feel very dire. So I think she does a good job, at least in being like resourceful and at least being smart. Because um, especially at first, because like, in the first half of the film, uh, when it kind of feels like a different movie, when it's like the home invasion aspect, you know, we're kind of just seeing her as being a babysitter or, uh, you know, being a babysitter, doing her duties. Honestly, kind of coming off as... I don't know. It's kind of being like a typical or as like a typical teenage girl, like stereotype. She's on her cell phone, texting constantly. She's talking to her boyfriend, Ricky. And like, that's just all she's doing for like the first half of this movie. And so you're just like, uh, like, this is like, I'm just like, I, I'm like, I'm not rooting for her really in any sense of the word. Um, right. I'm just like, I'm just annoyed that she has to deal with this annoying kid. Who's like really into her. But like at first you're just like, uh, annoying they're both annoying kind of right i'm also annoyed that like she's having to deal with her ex-boyfriend <laughs> the way that he's just being ridiculous on top of everything that was another aspect that i feel like they could have gone um they definitely set up some red herrings for us very well in the beginning um her ex-boyfriend could have easily been the home invasion um she has two exes in the picture actually that could have been <laughs> yeah one that's kind of like rocky like a relationship that's kind of rocky and then one who's just like her full ex right because i guess she's planning on moving away like what that weekend right so she fully had life ahead of her <laughs> yeah exactly he even at one point, oh my god, girl, just starts drinking alcohol out of nowhere. At that point, again, I was like, okay, like I said, that was probably a questionable thing. Because um, she just kind of rolls with it. She's just like, okay. Because he's kind of like, you know what, I won't tell if you won't tell kind of thing. And like, we can drink together. I would have been like, no. At first, she's like, put that back. You're not going to impress me. And then two seconds later, she's like, whatever, pass me the bottle. And I'm like, girl, where is your resolve? Yeah, you're right. You know, maybe babysit. Uh, maybe the baby. Uh, maybe the babysitting skills aren't. You know, mm, five out of ten, maybe. Because uh, yeah, that's awful. You know, letting this kid yeah. drink. She heavily. needs to go off to college and find a different hobby, um, because babysitting is definitely not her forte. And we also, I guess, she's been Luke's babysitter for a very long time. Is what we're to assume. Yeah. She seems like she's been doing this for quite a bit. So maybe that's why she's like more lax is because she knows this kid. But perhaps. But again, I'm just like, it's a no for me, girl. It's a no. And even after they uh, start drinking and stuff, he does make like a move on her, which is like very uh, it's over the top. And he makes, you know, oh, my gosh, the most ridiculous, the most like you know straight cis man statement you could ever hear in anything where he's just like well he's like well you've been drinking and he's like hinting at like that means i'm supposed to do something and i was like this kid is crazy he's right. been you know on the worst parts of the internet for sure surely he didn't learn this from his father so i don't know who the fuck he's been learning from i refuse to believe just the internet girl they also like who the fuck ordered this pizza because they do get uh, a random pizza delivered to the house and uh, she do she's like oh shit I forgot to order the pizza and then like two seconds later a pizza shows up and I'm not quite sure if we're supposed to like think that Luke ordered the pizza or I don't know is it just an another one of those like jump scares that we get yeah, I wasn't quite clear on the pizza either. Um, I kind of feel like it was all kind of part of the plan, I guess, in a way. That's mm -hmm. a way to kind of maybe frighten her. Because, again, as they're kind of drinking throughout the night, she kind of receives, um, 
I guess like you can say obscene phone calls, not like over the top obscene, more I guess harassing in nature, uh, where she's getting you know calls and nobody's responding, and um, you know obviously she's very uh, uneasy. Again, the pizza shows up without her knowing who it is, so she's kind of off put and is like, "Is this person somebody I can even trust?" Because you know somebody seems to be maybe potentially casing this house. So she definitely um, is uneasy throughout the night. So maybe that has something to do with her again, just letting this kid drink. Because at this point, she just does not care. And she's, you know, scared or whatever. But, yeah, it's very uh, alarming what she's going through. So then when things do kind of take a very intense turn, um, you're like, oh, my God, okay, well, shit's hitting the fan. We we saw this coming. We saw this home invasion shit happening. But I knew the first time watching this movie, that something was up, obviously. Cause so when all the shit starts to hit the fan, like fucking 20 minutes in, I was like, okay, well, something's going to change here. Cause we still have like an hour left. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I was, I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't expecting some twists and turns. I thought it was fully just going to be a home invasion. Also, doesn't her phone get like thrown into the fish tank at one point? Yeah, they're having like um like an argument essentially, and the phone gets like tossed into the fish tank, and I'm like, that is just the most annoying thing that could have ever happened. <laughs> right. I just yeah they they set up the beginning of this movie very well. I think that's why I had such a good time with it. Yeah, and again, they're very elaborate. I mean, as we kind of see with uh, Luke and Garrett. They, again, just, they're very intelligent for their age as well. Because, again, this whole entire scheme is very crazy. Because as she's kind of receiving these creepy things and, you know, uh, strange things are happening. There's also, like, a big Santa figure that uh, ends up outside and is, like, moving around. And they're, like, jump scares you at the window and shit at times. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, it's all very uh, elaborate. They do a very obvious nod at um, Scream. Whenever there's a phone call and she's like, how many fingers am I holding up? What am I doing? <laughs> I'm just like, okay. That's very Sydney standing outside with her finger up her nose. <laughs> um, And so uh, also, you know, out of the blue, Garrett shows up and you're like, okay, well, shit's, you know, he comes, of course, right at the right time, obviously, when shit's really going to hit peak. Um, And so, again, in their huge crazy plan he ends up running outside at one point and they pretend or mock shoot him so he pretends to get shot she freaks out she turns off the lights you know she jumps onto the ground her and luke run upstairs they're upstairs and she's like you know we have to you know uh find a weapon and he's like oh okay and they end up in the closet um so while they're in the closet obviously the intruder comes into the room and he has a fucking shotgun and Ashley, uh, which again is, you know, very keen of her, a very smart eye, I guess, or very good eye, is able to notice that the mask that the intruder wear, uh, is wearing belongs to Luke. So she immediately in the closet is like, Luke, that's your mask. So she, without hesitation, just fucking busts out of the closet and is like, who the fuck are you? And immediately Garrett's like, what do I do underneath the mask? And Luke's like, you might as well just fucking take it off pretty much. And so she, at this point, realizes and obviously has discovered that it was all a fucking crazy, elaborate plan to fucking, to try to woo her. Yeah, because they they talk about how, in the beginning, when Garrett and Luke are talking, they're talking about how fear makes people horny, pretty much. And so (laughs) they're... They end up just doing all of this to try and turn Ashley on and he's gonna, Luke's gonna save the day and she's gonna be so horny for him that she can't resist, I'm assuming is the premise. Right, is the goal here. Right. And they are very elaborate because even, um, even the spiders in the attic uh, that like make Ashley oh my fall gosh. down are yes. planted. They're right. quite literally Luke's pets. Whenever yes. we get a cleanup scene later, he like puts the spiders away and he has all of these steps where he's setting it up to where he thinks he's going to be getting away with this. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, so yeah, he is very diabolical. So it's also very funny as the movie. I mean, I guess it's not funny, 
uh, per se. But honestly, uh, Garrett or Ed uh, Oxenbold, he kind of has like a, a comedic tone to him, kind of like just with his delivery. Uh, but as like everything's unfolding and I mean, he does a great job at it. Um, but it's kind of like discovering that his friend is, uh, you know, a psychopath. Unhinged, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that this plan is, um, goes much deeper than what he thought. He was a small part of what the entire plan was. <laughs> um, it's just kind of funny to see his reaction as he starts to kind of see these things come together. And honestly, when Ashley kind of figures that out too, well, when she first figures out the entire thing is again, a ruse, uh, shout out to her because I think she does a great job in like her acting when she kind of has that discussion with Luke right afterwards. And she's like really pissed with him and he looks really menacing and evil there also. Um, so that's a pretty good scene. Cause then eventually, you know, obviously we switch right into the next fucking motion. Cause she's like, bitch, you're going to get in trouble for this. And then she's like stomping away. He goes and he just fucking pushes her down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which would also have been my cue as Garrett to leave. If I see Excuse you, me, well, he hits her in the face. My apologies. Yeah. He knocks her in the fucking face. <laughs> and we, we wake up to a scene of her like, waking up while she's tied up but like as i said that would have been my cue as garrett to leave because if i as your best friend saw you push somebody down the stairs i would be like all right girl um i'm gonna head out i gotta go i'm, <laughs> I'm fucking gonna head out. done i'm not a ride or die i'm not girls so i'm so sorry stormy like i am not that girl i am not a ride or die if i like again if you are pushing people down the stairs um i mean i guess it depends on the person but like if <laughs> not to like not to say not to say here on this recorded podcast um that i would be an accomplice to murder mm-hmm. um but like if it was just like some random person you know that i really maybe didn't know all too well and you're just shoving them down the stairs i would be like Whoa what's the motive what's the reason what are we doing here i would think i was on scare tactics to be honest mm-hmm. i was like am i on scare tactics am i on is am i on candy camera i would be so fucking just like like you said i would have to go as an adult i'm a ride or die but at 12 years old i would have been like i'm leaving i'm scared But as an adult, I'm fully the person you call to help you hide a body, for sure. Okay. Noted. For me, again, it just, I mean, again, I guess it depends on the scenario. (laughs) You won't know until we're in that situation. Obviously, yes. Because, again, it depends. uh, I mean, obviously, if it's, like, somebody that I know that you just have a good, great disdain for and I don't like them and whatever the situation may be, yeah, maybe I can help you hide the body. Um, but if it, again, if we're just like hanging out and you like randomly grab a stranger and choke them out, oh my god! <laughs> I'm like, am I supposed to think this is hot? I would be so concerned. And a kid would immediately at that point. I don't know. You know, again, it depends on the scenario. It depends on the situation. Um, and this situation feels a little crazy. <laughs> you know, like I know that you're into your babysitter and all of that, and you're 12, and you think that this is maybe. Your one chance at love? Question right. mark. But I, I, uh, if I was Garrett again, I'd be like, "Girl, get it together, please." Yeah, fully in the situation, I would have left because you've clearly gone too far. He also not only just like knocked her down the stairs; he smacked her in the face with a gun. So yeah, at like that point, I would be like, "Is this her. exactly?" If I was Garrett, I'd have been like, "Bitch, is this Scarface? I'm leaving." Right. I'm leaving. You're hitting people in the faces in, with guns like right. we're selling cocaine out the front door no, i gotta go my I'm babysitter leaving. is tied to the duct taped to the chair like it's this has gone too far yeah and when she wakes up they're all in her purse so invasive and like so disgusting at that point i was like okay these are like scumbags i can't stand these little assholes mm-hmm. he draws the lip whenever he draws the lips is that what you said you broke up that part right after yeah yeah. when they're going through her purse and then yeah when he draws the lips too so annoying can't stand them yeah and he takes off the he's sitting in front of her with pointing the gun at her (laughs) he takes the tape off and she's like you need to listen you need to untie me and this is over like playtime's over and i'm like girl he pistol whipped you (laughs) 
Yeah. He's down the stairs. not going to listen to this, like, fake authoritarian fucking role you're trying to play, okay? I would probably, again, probably try to play the role of, like, hey, listen, I won't say anything. I really honestly, truly won't. Please just let me live. Honestly, I'm about to go do my own thing. I have a life to live. You can be a crazy little sociopath. I don't care. Just please let me go. I mean, obviously, I am lying. Um, But if he, like, buys that, then that would be great, you know? Because if I'm able to leave the house, obviously, I'll go and report the situation immediately. Right. If he's stupid enough. But, um... I don't know. It's just a crazy situation to be in. Imagine. Uh, no, I can't fucking imagine. Also, <laughs> he, uh, do we ever figure out what is in this like eyedrop bottle that he calls his insurance? <laughs> I don't really think so. At least yeah. I don't recall. He said that he's going to make her drink. It looks like eyedrops. And she's like, what is that? He's like, we'll call it my insurance policy. It's crazy what you can get on the playground these days. And I was like, what? Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. I'm just going to say they force her into truth or dare, and it's the most juvenile fucking questions and dares I've ever heard. Oh my god, yes. The whole truth or dare game is just so ridiculous, and... It, I mean, it does unfold, unfortunately, into a negative light where Garrett does get pissed off. Um, also, before that as well, um, she's also very smart in trying to use, like, uh, like the light signaling as well. Because she grabs a hold of, like, a flashlight and, like, flashes outside of, like, the window. Uh, again, trying to signal for help. Is it supposed to be SOS? I, I guess I need so. to learn. I need to learn how to do SOS because I don't know how. Me either, not at all. So I'm assuming that's maybe what she did too. Um, but yeah, they they get into the game of truth or dare. Um, again, she tries to do the whole SOS thing, try to get out. Um, eventually, Ricky shows up, uh, which I think is quite honestly where things get really crazy. Because he kind of just storms into the house and he's like searching for her. She's obviously tied up, gagged, taped. Um, Garrett has a gun pointed at her. Uh, while this man, well, I guess kid, boy, whatever the hell he is, um, is like stomping around this place looking for his girlfriend. Uh, and obviously, Luke is doing anything he can to try to keep him away from seeing her all tied up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of really funny to kind of watch this all unfold. Yeah, it's a very comedic break in the entire movie. Um, but also, as Ashley, I would have taken my chances as soon as Garrett was the one with the gun. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Or throwing myself on the ground. I don't know. I would have just done so much. <laughs> she does end up, like... Essentially doing that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's still tied to the chair, but she's, like, on the floor fucking wiggling around and shit. It's... This scene is all pretty silly. Um, I think it just adds to the movie, though. I enjoy it. And, I mean, one things do eventually fold, like, again, because as he's kind of looking around, Ricky is... Um, they get upstairs and shit pretty much hits the fan because Luke obviously gets a bat and just fucking knocks Ricky out from the back. And he has like a moment, which is ridiculous. Again, giving full Patrick Bateman where he kind of has like a dance break and is celebrating and having a good time after knocking Ricky out with a bat in the head. Again, not even <laughs> finishing the job. I'm right. Like, you're Ricky's not even passed out. Ricky gets back up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like right away. I'm like, you're supposed to be the killer in this situation. So finish the job first before you do, you know, before you have a dance break. Right. But he does eventually, of course, also in the tussle, because Ricky again fucking tackles him. Um, he's able to get a pencil and fucking stab Ricky in the face with the pencil, which is pretty brutal. Um and he kind of leaves, of course, you know, a pretty little red mark on his pretty face. So, yeah, he stabs it through his entire cheek. Yeah, 
Imagine um, if it fucking just went. I wouldn't have loved if it went cheek to cheek. Oh my god! Imagine. Personally. Um, I mean, I would have. <laughs> uh, I would have loved if it had sank into a temple. That would have been nice. Ooh, yeah. Um. But yeah, so the plans for yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ricky gets up and is able, even after he's stabbed, he gets up and gets the bat and is fully about to beat the fuck out of Luke. Um, and then Garrett is the one to save the day. Garrett comes upstairs with the shotgun. <laughs> he does. Uh, and then again, Luke knocks out Ricky. This time enough to get him downstairs where they tied them up. Um, so now Ricky's downstairs tied up alongside Ashley. And again, you know, Garrett and Luke are having conversations. Garrett is, of course, at this point, he's kind of showing his disdain with the plan and how it's going to go. And at this point, you can definitely see the tension between the two starting to build. Um, Garrett's like, we're going to fucking prison. Luke's like, no, we're not. Calm as day. I was like, what? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Luke goes into full on like... um, recovery mode he starts cleaning everything up he shreds the flowers he (laughs) he's definitely done his research for this entire thing this is not some like off the wall plan like this shit's thorough so i will give him that he is a well thought out psychopath at 12 years old Uh, and at this point too we also kind of see how like the plan like, this was his intended plan the entire time, which also, again, just kind of further deepens his own craziness and also um, just how really uh, dishonest he's been with Garrett this entire time and how he really was just a pawn and everything. Because when they're both tied up, he's like, hey, let's go ahead and invite like our second guest who I wanted to bring, which is Ashley's um, douchey ex-boyfriend only known to us at this point as jeremy or known to who we know only as jeremy at this point who ends up being you know daiquiri montgomery who is so fucking hot so that was a pleasant treat to see him in this movie um but yeah before we get to him again uh luke again is like hey you know let's invite our second guest essentially this feels like this was his intended plan the entire time so it's like you knew she wasn't gonna you know hook up with you you probably knew that she, well, she texted Ricky in the first place for him to come over. Like, he was wanting these things to happen. He wanted to kill these exes in front of her to, again, still in the very end, try to earn, like, her love in a weird, twisted way. Yeah. Again, um, why is Garrett still here? <laughs> I would have He's fully here. sold out my childhood. I'd rather die. A ride or die, like you said, the realest one ever. Mm-hmm. He's but really he's down bad for Luke. I'm a hundred percent down for him love. to be. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he I was about to, to say. Because, like you said, at this point, it's just it's too much. You know, even as your bro, you would be like, bro, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> like no, we can't be doing all this. So yeah, that's why I was like, he has to be like in love with fucking luke because like why would you go to the ends of the earth like this right like he's holding his babysitter at gunpoint gun to her chest forcing her to fucking call her douchebag x which she refuses to do which again good for her um, i'm not involving anybody else in your bullshit she says essentially yes that is the quote um so he does it himself which is ridiculous um but it convinces <laughs> It convinces um, Jeremy to come. So, you know, we can only assume what kind of person he's going to be. Right. This kid calls. (laughs) He calls Jeremy and he's like, hey, I'm calling for Ashley. And Jeremy's like, Ashley's not here. (laughs) Right. He's like, no, you dumbass. Like, I'm calling on Ashley's behalf. She wants to see you. Yeah. Like, why would you respond to that? It just sounds so sketchy. Right. So, again, if you're going to fall into something that easily, again, we can only assume what kind of person he is. <laughs> right. We also skipped over um, Ashley at some point gets a piece of glass. And as uh, Luke is on the phone with Jeremy, she's working at, like, cutting her binds, <laughs> mm-hmm. her duct tape. Um, and she's fully just bleeding all over the floor. 
Yes. It's kind of ooey gooey. It's kind of brutal. Yeah. I surely don't have the wrist flexibility to do what she does, but <laughs> got on her. <laughs> Your fingers don't maneuver like that. Right. And also, <laughs> um, we find out at this point that Luke murdered Garrett's hamster. Which is, again, if you if anybody is interested in true crime, um, that's one of the first signs that you're going to be a murderer is that you murder <laughs> animals. So. Yeah. He's fully just like a bedwetting problem away from being like the typical murderer. <laughs> yeah, and obviously that pisses off Garrett. Again, after that especially, I'd be like, you killed my pet? I can't right. be like I'm for you. real fucking leaving. And Luke does Fuck tell him you. to go take a walk. He's like, you need to calm down. Go take a walk. And then Gary just like goes and sits on the couch. Ridiculous. Also, we uh, kind of after all this, Ricky also pisses himself, which forces Luke to clean up after him, which is very funny. Um, he also should have just checked, you know, and looked over at Ashley to see the blood. But why bother? I don't know if I would be like that tactical in like my hostage abilities because he fully does it on purpose like he he does it to get he Ricky pisses himself in order to get Luke away from them outside yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I don't think I would think that far I can talk shit all day while I'm a podcast host but in this moment (laughs) I wouldn't have thought of doing that honestly yeah honestly and again like they kind of continue to do that and she kind of continues to cut until she finally is able to kind of get herself free um which is nice but as she's kind of able to get her foot free uh luke and garrett come back with the fucking joint and they're like trying to get ricky to hit the joint Ooh, and then whenever he blows like the smoke out of his cheek hole, <laughs> I was oh, like, that's yeah. dedication, but also ow. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That was so cool. I was like, I don't know if that is, I guess that could be possible, obviously, if it went through the entire cheek hole. I mean, obviously, but like you said, I feel like that would hurt because you would have to like force it out of that tight little hole. Yeah, and it would burn. Mm. And after this, they just get rid of Ricky Girl. They do the old home alone. <laughs> Uh, trick where you know. Oh yeah! In the beginning, they're talking about Home Alone, where the um with the paint can, and then he's just they're arguing about whether or not it would kill somebody or knock them over, and fucking Luke's crazy ass is just like you know what? Let's test it with poor Ricky. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's amazing. Obviously, it's great. Uh, when you're watching this for the first time, you're like, this is fucking crazy. And obviously, you know, if you've seen Home Alone, it's kind of cool to see it kind of played out in a horrific situation. Because, uh, I mean, it's horrific in the movie, but, like, you know, then obviously it's played differently than it plays out here. So it's just right. fun to kind of see it play out, again, in a gory way. Because it's a very fun kill, for sure. It is and like it's yellow paint against red blood. Yeah, he ends up looking like a fucking Fourth of July Frankenfurter. Uh, right, <laughs> it's giving hot dog ketchup mustard realness. The house down boots. <laughs> right, I do feel bad for him. Obviously, um, I can't imagine seeing your death swing towards you. Right, and he not being able to bit. do anything about it. Yeah, awful. All truly awful. Um, but yeah, the blood splatter with the yellow paint is killer. I love it. And after this, I mean, uh, I mean, again, after everybody sees this happening, I mean, it's pretty traumatic. Again, Gary, I don't know why you're still here at this point. We have right. just murdered somebody. <laughs> so I do wish that we got to see more of the practical effect um, with Ricky's body. Um, just because I love Squish, I want to see his gross little face more. Um, yeah, it would have been cool to see more of the gooey. Also, I mean, obviously, right before the death happens, too, Ashley does get free, so she comes barging into the room. So she's able to <laughs> see the death also happen. Yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate. 
the trauma, you know, as I'm definitely, uh, you know, I'm sure the trauma is setting, is setting in already. Oh, yeah, for sure. She's already on better help. <laughs> oh, my God, for real. She's already seeking out therapy. And, I mean, Luke being the 12-year-old kid that he, he's like, holy fuck, his head just exploded. Like, fully not understanding the gravity of what just happened. Right, exactly. Or just not caring, honestly. <laughs> just his lack of empathy, his lack of just human emotion is wild to me. And that's like, that's the thing is, I don't know. Like that's, this is a real life experience. I mean, obviously this is movie, but like you can never tell with like humans. If this is what you're expecting, you know what I mean? Like humans are so scary. Very, very scary. And um, I mean, after this um, situation also, you know, after she sees him get murdered, she does try to escape. Um, there's carolers outside. So she's kind of running outside um, unfortunately, she's hit in the head with a brick and knocked back out again. And then Luke, in the most ridiculous, most campy scene I've ever seen in my life, in his stupid sweater, is over here just fucking hanging out with the carolers. You know, as he's being a psychopath. <laughs> as Garrett. And, and handing out snacks and whatnot. Yeah. As Garrett and fucking Ashley fight to the death in the back. Yeah, especially with Ricky's dead body just sitting in the doorway right behind <laughs> the closed door. It's right. quite funny. Well, Ashley is being tied up with fucking Christmas lights. Yes. Killer aesthetic. I do love that. Um, we also do get a shot of... Um, sorry, we get a shot of Garrett's glasses hitting the snow and shattering, which is a shot from Christmas, the, A Christmas Story whenever he shoots his glasses and they break. Oh, cute. Um, so there's a lot of like cute little Christmassy movie callbacks too on top of the horror callbacks it's it's a very nice movie i really enjoyed this movie yeah it's pretty it's it's a fun ride it really honestly it truly is i mean obviously with the home alone inspiration as well um yeah it's so much fun but yeah so ashley's tied up with the christmas lights it looked great um we have jeremy who shows up again daiquiri montgomery he's of course drunk and driving and just being an entire mess and he's just up in the backyard, stumbling with his backwards hat. He looks like a douchebag, obviously. And he's met with Luke in the backyard, not Ashley. So he's already kind of, you know, pissed off and taken aback by the situation. <laughs> right. And Luke um, is trying to deflect. <laughs> he's like, first, you need to apologize to Ashley. That's what she said she wants before she sees you. You need to write down this apology. And we turn out later um to realize that this is actually supposed to be put off as trigger warning a suicide note so they can pin these murders on jeremy and make his apology look like uh, the, the the last apology um this this child again he's fascinating and terrifying because his brain works like this like i wouldn't think of all of this yeah again he had this all planned out his plan was going beyond the seduction to try to get her to hook up with him because he already knew that wasn't going to happen he already knew that's how that... he sold it to garrett and then exactly escalated from here but in his mind the only way that he could possibly get her to be in love with him is if he just completely eliminates the other two guys who have her attention always. So the toxic masculinity is already deep in this child. Right. As if she's not about to move and find a whole new pool of men if she makes it out of this yeah. movie. And honestly just does not care about you. You are a child <laughs> right. she's babysitting. But again, he's wild, you know? And while he's outside trying to, you know, have this conversation with Jeremy, on the inside, Garrett does take off the duct tape on Ashley and she does her best to try to convince Garrett to like pretty much team up with her. She's like, Hey, you know, Luke, he, you know, don't trust him. He doesn't like you. Yada, yada, yada. Garrett's like, he's my best friend. And Ashley's like, no, bitch. <laughs> Again, maybe he's head over heels. Who knows, dude? But he just disregards it essentially. And I'm like, no, listen to her. 
She's right. quite literally the victim right now in the situation. I think she understands probably what's right and what's wrong here better than anybody. Right. And then outside, unfortunately, um, our gorgeous, beautiful Jack Ray um, is murdered because Luke hangs him, essentially. Yeah. Uh, to make it to be his one of his final pieces for this fucking plan. Um and then we go back in for for sweet Garrett's murder. Yeah. Again, things are kind of breaking down here near the end of the movie after Jeremy's murdered. Uh we do come back inside and yeah, at this point Garrett again. I mean, at first, he doesn't, of course, clearly take Ashley's word of advice right away. But once he does come back inside and he kind of sees Luke again face to face, he's like, you know what? Maybe she does have some points. <laughs> this uh, this man's a little bit crazy. But at this point, it's way, way, way too late. Because at this point, yeah, Luke is crazy. Uh, Levi Miller is putting on, you know, one hell of a crazy performance because he's <laughs> screaming at the top of his lungs. Um, he comes in and he just fucking shoots Garrett. Yeah, Garrett kisses Ashley's cheek for whatever reason. Uh, he's having kind of like a small heart to heart being like, I wish I would have had the balls to stand up to him earlier. And then is blown across the room by a shotgun. Yeah. And I feel so bad for Garrett. Um, he makes, I actually did tear up on this part. Because he's sobbing and he's just like, uh, I'm dying. I can't believe you shot me. You're my best friend. Why did you shoot me? And Lucas having a complete fucking breakdown, blaming Garrett. Be like, why did you make me shoot you? Like, yeah. why did you do all of these things wrong? Like, you're an asshole pretty much. And yeah. then Garrett. Gaslighting him until the very last moment. Mm -hmm. Garrett, two seconds. Is almost about to finish the statement. I want my mom. And is unfortunately shot in the head. So that is the end of our dear sweet Garrett. Uh, yeah, but again, he could have gotten out of there a lot sooner. <laughs> Multiple times. Whenever Ashley said, hey, that mask is yours. And then bust out of the closet. I would be like, oh, you caught me. Uh, I'm, I'm going go home. home. <laughs> see ya. Yeah. I'm the wacky neighbor. I'm heading out for the night. I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Right. I'm out of here. I'm done with this whole entire situation. I'm out of the storyline. You can wrap it up. I'm not being paid for this. I'm out of here. I'm off set. Right. Goodbye. Nope. Yeah. But again, great acting by Levi Miller here. Again, he's crazy after he shoots Garrett in the face, which I mean, as a psycho person, you know, this is probably his first major kill, you know, killing a a, a good friend and accomplice um so he's crazy in this moment for sure and then he goes and he lays down by ashley rests his head on her and in this moment i would want to do nothing more than to just beat the shit out of this kid she should have bit him oh for sure like oh my god imagine leaning in for a kiss and then you just like bite as much as much of his face as you possibly can like, yeah, you're probably going to die, but hey, <laughs> at least you. Also, he does have like a small moment as he's laying on Ashley um, being like, I remember when my mom used to tuck me in. I remember when my mom used to love me. Essentially, he does have a small moment of uh, vulnerability. But when Ashley just like refuses to react to that, he loses his fucking mind again. Yeah, she doesn't, like, respond or say anything to him. He starts to scream at her. He's like, tell me I'm a disappointment. Tell me I'm fucked up. Like, talk to me. And she just, again, she doesn't respond to it at all. And so he goes up behind her. Or he goes up behind her. And he takes out a knife. And he slowly brings it up towards, kind of like her throat, I guess. And so we're like, oh, my goodness, is he going to kill her? Yeah, I fully thought he was going to slit her throat. <laughs> As he was begging, but no, he uh, instead stabs her in the jugular. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not quite uh, a slice, a little sloppy, but you know. Right. I don't know. I I always love a good throat slit, um, so I'm always gunning for that to happen in my movies. I guess you can also only assume that a throat like stabbing 
would also get the job done. But I just feel like oh, a yeah. slice or a slit would probably solidify the death. All right. I feel like, I mean, we do find out later that she did plug the hole with duct tape. Um, yes. Which is She funny. was very smart. Again, very smart. Yeah, it's funny because uh, earlier he talks about, like, all the things that duct tape can do, um, which is very Patrick Bateman of him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Just a throat slit, just seeing blood pour out, like, I don't know. Just as a killer, I feel like that would be more satisfying than just stabbing somebody. Yeah. Again, he's lacking. Uh, but again, he is just ready to have his plan all wrapped up because, you know, he has to hurry up and get everything cleaned up. His parents are coming home, so he has to set the scene. <laughs> right. Santa, the presents are still going to be under the tree, you know. So Santa's he, coming. <laughs> everything has to be just right. So he starts to clean up everything, um, you know, get into his pajamas. He's planting um, evidence left and right. Right. Exactly. But obviously also leaving... Oh, trying because his mom also very early in the movie before she leaves tells Ashley, of course, about like a pencil trick where they have it set up to where they have a you know a pencil on his doorknob so that way they know if he leaves the room or not. So he's struggling upstairs trying to get the pencil to stay up while he's inside the room so that way he can seem as though he did nothing, was sleeping all night while the lover's quarrel was happening outside and everybody was getting killed. <laughs> Right, because apparently he's supposed to be on, like, heavy sleep medicine for his sleepwalking issue. But that apparently he's been faking this entire time. Um, It's all very ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a very it, it shows his age, for sure, in the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, we never mentioned it, but for some reason, the doors in this house are so tall. Oh, my goodness, so tall. The knobs are like, you can fucking suck it. Yeah, the knob is, like, face level, and I don't understand. This is, like, a house built for giants for some reason. Um, But so in order for him to have the door, the whole pencil thing shut, <laughs> um, he decides to climb out his window and go around. And it's just knocking down all of their Christmas decorations on their roof, which is so funny. Just seeing this child fumble around. like it, Like I said, in the end, it really does show, like, at the end of the day, he's still a child, even though he's done all of this fucking <laughs> maniacal stuff. Right. But he's able to get back into bed, you know, just in time um, for his parents to get home and discover everything. You know, the police mm -hmm. are there. He wakes up and yeah, to his surprise, Ashley's still alive. Again, we figure out she has plugged up the hole. So she has survived this massacre that he had planned for him to be the lone survivor of. And that's how the movie ends with him seeing her being taken away, flipping him off. Yeah. She flips him off as she's on the stretcher. I was like, I love that for her. Honestly, she, again, she was smart. Unfortunately, you know, she spent most of the movie tied up to a chair. She was only able to do so much with her time, but with what she was given um, as a character to do and to show us her smarts, even while being tied up for a majority of the movie, or for a good portion of it at least, was great. I thought she was great. And it was a very satisfying ending for sure. So that way, obviously, it's like, bitch, you're going down, you little piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And I do, um, his mom does finally hold him in the end of the movie, which is <laughs> all he's ever wanted, so... He's lying. <laughs> He's a lying sack of murderous nastiness. You're right. He's a liar for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, his best friend's dead. Two adults are dead. Uh, it's not what I thought I was getting wrapped up in a Christmas present and brought to me by Santa Claus, but I had a good fucking time. It is such a fun movie, right? Like it's such an, an enjoyable experience to watch it. Again, like you said, um, it's definitely just like it feels like a love letter to uh, Christmas movies of the past um, in a very fun little horror scenario. It's a really good time. It is. What do we want to? What do we want to rate it out of? Yeah. Um, should we do paint cans? <laughs> I was gonna say paint cans. Also, let's do it. Um, I'd say she's a solid like 
four. Okay. I had a really good fucking time. I I can't deny it. I think I'm going to land at a three and a half. Um, I think it's great. I think it's a fun time. But I mean, you know, I could always ask uh, maybe for something that kind of pushes that extra mile. I think it's a really fun to watch, and I can see myself watching this probably almost every year, or at least every other year, if anything. But I think it's a great holiday movie for sure. Yeah, I definitely recommend. I will be revisiting. I don't really do a whole lot of Christmas movies. I don't really enjoy Christmas. I'm kind of a Grinch. Um, So I don't know. This was fun. I had a great time. And I'm very glad we brought it to the table. Um, it is streaming on Peacock now if you have access to it and you want to watch along with us. Um, but yeah, a good installment to our Christmas. So Stormy, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can stream us pretty much everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can email us at slasherpod at gmail.com. And for extra bonus episodes and fun like that, you can follow us on Patreon. You want to give our patrons a shout out? Yeah. At our opening kill tier, we have a nightmare on Fear Street. And at our final girl tier, we have Sarah G, Yvette R, Michael T, Annie C, and Patience C. Um, definitely again, look into that Patreon, you guys, we would really appreciate the support, um, especially as we're kind of, uh, planning to make some changes here. So we, again, appreciate all the support that we have. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you again for hanging out with us and stay spooky. Stay spooky guys. Bye. Bye.